going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 871 of Go Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined today by Ben Fucking Ashton, James Dean Raider, and our Iron Man, David Bray. And we are here to talk a lot of wrestling. A lot of stuff happened this weekend. Um, not least of which is Team USA's World Cup performance in Coralville, Iowa. Go USA. But within that fantastic result are a lot of different storylines to discuss. And probably number one on that list is Jordan Burroughs, for the first time ever, lost to an Iranian wrestler. And he's faced a lot of them. And they've all been good. And uh, and he was up 4-0, which is probably one of the... You say he's up 4-0 if the, the match is over, because this is the guy that is a master of tactics, match management, etc. If he's down 4-0, you're like, okay, he can do it. He's done it how many times? Or literally over 10 years. Did it in the match before. Did it in the match before. Not a big deal. But here we see Jordan up 4-0. He gives up a takedown. It's 4-2. You're like, okay. Um, and then, But he gave up this go-behind that was really, really concerning as well. And then I, it was also kind of, he was kind of Getting moved around a little bit. He's on his knees. He kind of goes towards a low single, gets run behind really easily, and then gutted, which, man, find the track record of, of Never turns. gets turned. I mean, it just doesn't happen. He just doesn't get turned. And so I, I guess I just kind of want to kick it to Ben for your just assessment of moving forward. What does it mean? What does it mean in the match? Um, what, what were your thoughts on it? He's their second string. Yeah. I can. Oh, dang. Okay. I'm everyone is saying they can't hear Ben. So should we start? Alright, am I good? Can I over? talk again? <laughs> Can I talk again? Um well I'll give my take on it while we figure out Ben's uh audio. Um Tyler, tell it, me when I'm good to go. Sounds like it was similar to Ben's take in that Jordan is finally starting to show some signs of aging. Um like I kinda like you said. 2017 Burroughs probably holds on and wins that match. I think most of us think. Yeah. But he just he he didn't have it in him. Normally he's got that pop in the last minute. And I don't know, like man. He was, he was sprinting like a, a crazy person at the end. He just couldn't get for once. He couldn't yeah. get through. His no, energy, but he he definitely wore down to to Christian's or uh, to JD's point. And yeah, uh, I I don't know. No one can hear me. I said. um Jordan Burroughs has seemed not to age really for a really long period of time. And, but it's inevitable father times undefeated against us all. And that's kind of what it looked like last night. I mean, when he got up four zero, I thought this is over. And then the guy got taken down. I'm like, oh, okay. And then the guy got taken down a gut. I'm like, Oh my God, how did that happen? But then even then I was like, well, that guy's dumb. He should have tried another gut because surely Burroughs is going to come back and get one more takedown and win this match. And he was, he was sprinting 
Christian, but he wasn't as effective in a sprint as he had been previously. So I just and the guy also lost to the guy. The guy, his name is Savad Kui. Looks like he also mm-hmm. lost to Marsteller at the Shagir tournament in Tunisia in July. Yes. Um, so I don't know. And, I don't think it's cause for alarm. I think until you see a pattern. Um, yeah. And this know. was this was December World Cup. That's not to say he won't be able to do it in March, but yep. I think a Burroughs a decade ago can March, get it done on not his best day. Yeah, I don't – yeah, J.D. just reflexively called it March. All that matters is March. The March, the March of international wrestling. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about it. Which is in September. Um, he is such a March of all that matters guy. Yep. Crazy. Um, so funny. So was was sort of surprising to see him lose like that, um, but yes. I think until you see it again – no cause for major alarm. Although we know that the end is near, right? He said it's it. Gotta be. The, the end is near for 2024. Sure. 2024. Right. So quote. It is basically 2023. To go to himself. So it won't be much longer. Uh, but also, did anyone else think Jordan looked pretty big? Looked like a big person. I mm-hmm. I you know what? There was one picture of him, and it was like a social media picture, and I thought that almost doesn't look like him. Really. Yes, yeah. Hmm. There was one picture. I, I, uh, I, I was scrolling through pictures. I don't remember what it was, but yes, I felt that way. He's accumulating mass. Hmm. So I know you're but just so bringing this up to start the '86 discussion again. I didn't bring that up. It seems like you brought <laughs> it up. It's, but you, were, you were alley ooping yourself. Now that you, you were mentioned it, yourself up. but since you mentioned it, JD, well, hold on, hold on. Can I ask one question before we just have that? When were weigh-ins? Was it two hours before the final, or was it two hours before the wrestling started for the day? I'm not sure if they did a second weigh-in. I do know it was plus two kilos the first time they oh. weighed in. Oh, well, then that makes sense why he was looking large because now you're all the way up to 81, which is 180-ish. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty close to 189 pounds, mm-hmm. I think. He was. Yeah, I thought that, Christian, for sure. Burroughs was just on, um, on, on the mat with Andy and Kyle talking about this and he he said zero percent chance he goes 74 or goes 86 he said he's he's gonna try to stay a little bit lean for 79 moving into the 2023 world championships and he said that the minute after he's like my goal is win the world championships at 79 kilos and then the minute after the you know i step off the podium the the discipline for the weight like goes into full effect he's like i gotta shrink my body he's like i didn't do a good job of that the last time for the Olympic trials, like I was too big, I I didn't do like the systematic weight descent that I'm gonna do this time. So that's what he said. 100% chance, 74 kilos. Right. So we probably won't see him compete. Throwing us off the scent. Like, I'm I'm guessing he won't compete because it'll take the entire time to get down to 74, and he won't compete at 79 yeah. in between there while he's descending. Yeah, you Pretty figure good. one tune-up before trials. Yeah. He'll have to do something. I, I think so, He'll too. have to feel that. Yeah. He'll he, have to feel 74 flat. He can get a, if he can get a plus – oh, so I was going to say, if he can get a plus two kilo tournament, that would be that would be ideal for him. But think about, man, plus two is still five pounds. Yeah. He, that's he, that's not – that's not that close, you know. He actually brought up the, the tournament that he went to – before the last Olympic trials where he wrestled Chimizo and he's like, man, I could just kind of tell in that performance. He's like, I, you know, I, I don't think he wanted to discourage himself about the Olympic trials, but in that match with Chimizo, he could feel 
that he he hadn't done it the the right way, he hadn't brought his body down the right mm-hmm. way, and and he's like he's like you know part of this was I wanted to wrestle David Taylor, you know, eighty six kilos in January, but then I just didn't give myself like that just wasn't enough time to get down effectively to seventy four. Now it's our um, fault. So. We freaking blew it. No, it was his. He said that was his uh, choice. I'm that, kidding. That was his call, but yeah. Dang. World Cup will be next year in Corville as well, I believe. Back to back Coralvilles. Okay. Uh, that's that. That's nice. I thought the world. I thought they did the World Cup pretty well. Uh, I thought it looked good from a spectator viewing online. Um, the schedule is kind. Of, I feel like the schedule is really stretched out for the amount of wrestling they did, uh, and that would be my only complaint. Otherwise, I was very happy with it. But I like. I like that they didn't try to just you know get out of the building, and they actually. Oh, let's that's do fair, one. Yeah. Let's do one in the evening yeah, where people can watch. No, but that's yeah. Sunday at Sunday nights. Yeah, I think like Sunday yeah, nights are absolutely. Besides, Sunday for, night. besides football, I think Sunday nights weird. I mean, you guys are the media guys, so you know. No, but I was Sunday like, night's Friday great. night cool, Saturday night cool, no. Sunday night like, why are we doing this Sunday night? Just do it at like four o'clock or something. Saturday no night, Friday night, we're, we're out. We're people are doing stuff. Day, I feel night. like I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure that like Sunday night is like the prime rating spot for like television. I could be. How could you ever that. know something? No, like that. because that's when all your big. <laughs> Like main TV shows go live, but it's like after it'll be like 9 p.m. normally. Do, okay, cool. so pre- pretty close. It was but definitely yeah. happening at around that time. Okay, all right. Well, Basically, I'm wrong. The thing you have right. to compete with is um, Sunday night football. Yeah, which I think we we took that out. <laughs> okay, Monday is the most watched day of TV for primetime, and Saturday is the least. Okay. So you want it on Saturday, Ben? I thought Saturday. I think mean, I think Saturday is great. I guess maybe uh, I am thinking from a bias. I know we had a bunch of our guys go down there for an ignition trip, and uh, I was feeling for two. them that the, that they didn't get out of there till like eight p.m. and then they didn't get home till like midnight. I'm like, oh, why? You know, because they didn't have anything going on much. During, they didn't watch all the matches during the day. Um, they wrestled a session with Matt McDonough, and then they had to wait for a while to watch wrestling. I suppose if you're attending it. Live and you have a long drive, that would be a little annoying on yeah. a Sunday night. But as yeah. a streaming spectator, very nice. Okay. Hey, so we talked about one of the bad things, which was, uh, you know, Burroughs getting ran down. One of the really good things, Kyle Snyder. Um, Whoa. I think it's pretty impressive. I thought this was going to be a lot more competitive. Um, you know, it's crazy the distance between him and I'm going to say he's the guy and then the number two, right? Because they're not letting wrestle, Russia wrestle, so Sedgley is out, unfortunately. But so the distance between Kyle Snyder and the next guy now seems like a decent chunk of space. Yeah, hundred percent. Snyder, they, we had to have that win. He got it done. He did a great job. Five zero is pretty dominant. I don't feel like he was ever really threatened to getting scored on. And what no. was as impressive as anything, and not that this is an unfamiliar thing for Kyle, but. He he controlled center really really well and yes if you're wrestling an Iranian that's their goal that's their thing that's their mmo mo it's what Gassimpour does traditionally and yep. it was Snyder uh, who looked hey, big the, the Iranians scrapped hard though they really wrestled yeah. hard I was impressed well I mean listen what? we are we are UWW just coming to their senses on this grounding rule away from getting losing to Iran oh, handily. For real. It was, I mean, it was, I'm sorry, it is humiliating to have a rule like that in the sport. And I'll say 
it's unfortunate I, that Team USA was taking advantage of more than any other country. And so much. We're getting shot on in the middle of the mat, just dropping to our knees and sliding. How far is that? 15 feet out of bounds. And I can't, you can't get but so mad at USA when that's the rule. It's a stupid rule. It's an embarrassing it's rule. rule. You got to change it. And yeah, we, I mean, you know who the master user of that rule is? Number one on Team USA? Zahid. Zahid is so good at that position. I mean, there's it, a handful dude, of guys. That really I mean, we, we, it, it was a master class of grounding yourself. Nate Jackson was there a whole bunch. Nate, Yanni, Pantelio. Pantelio did it like a bunch. You wrote the book right there. Yeah. It was, it's yeah, yeah. USA is doing it, I think, more than any other country. And I hope we're not putting too many eggs in that basket because this rule has to get changed. Has you to get change. changed. It's so you bad. You got to change it. It's not whatever they as we're kind of rehashing it because I, our wrestlers are, are are bringing it front and center, yeah. but it's the most nuanced. Yeah, because it happened sport. so many times. Last night was uh, what 15, 20 times in the in the World Cup final. Yep, yep. Um, I almost feel like in in a lot of those instances, I know they never call it, but I almost feel like it's a caution in one. Right, like fleeing the act. I almost feel as though it's a fleeing the action. When I watch it, it feels like a fleeing the action or or, or an avoidance of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I mean, please change. I, I mean, and the, unfortunately, the rule is getting called right. So there's there's no points that are happening. It's just you're just adding this layer of nuance for already the most nuanced and confusing sport. <laughs> and also, it's like man. I don't know. Maybe the 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 folk style truthers are are right, and it's like, man, look at this. This is just as it is just as abominable. I would say more abominable than the oh, it is than the than the current folk style. It's worse. It's so it's worse because at worse. least the folk style one they get it right some of the times. This one's just yeah. wrong every time. It's just You're wrong. A hundred percent of the time, it is wrong, the wrong wrestling wrong, thing. All wrong. Yes, hundred percent. It's wrong. Yes. And the crazy thing is, you can be on one foot. And a knee, and you're still grounded. Yeah, there so was a few times where I don't recall. Yanni he kind of got, uh, maybe Nate Jackson too, but he kind of got pushed up going out a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, call. I mean, it's like I'm tripping for him. Like, they're getting jacked up here. Yeah, I I think it's, it's a terrible rule. And they've got to change it. And Pantelio did it a few times, right? I forgot oh, about yeah. that one. His his was the craziest because he literally got doubled in the middle of Small the mat, circle. in the little circle, yeah. the little yeah. guy, and was on his knees and just slid, 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 slid. But that's that is the rule. So what do you do other than say this is embarrassing? And like I was I was at the at a, at a church thing and I had had it up and I'm <laughs> Caleb, Caleb. Well, we were, it was in an intermission and. Caleb was explain Caleb's friend came and the mom and he's explaining to her what what's happening in the match because we're watching it and then that's happening and he's trying to explain it and I was like just wrestling has some it's a very confusing sport and this is even more this, then they like to make it more confusing than it already is um and so yeah that was bad we got to talk about the call Pantaleo they they reversed on Pantaleo's head hitting out oh this was- is. I thought the head hit out. I thought they were going to call it, but I was definitely nervous that they were going to leave it because sometimes they can say, like, action starts. And 
the whole head touching out thing, it, that's another rule where it's like, I don't really know where this rule came from. It's been the rule forever. Mm-hmm. But like, why? Like you why? could have 80% of your body in, but if your head is out, you're out. It's really strange, especially in the parterre position where action is more controlled. Like you're probably not going to move that far. I mean, especially in like in a leg leg situation, 90% of if we do total athletes' bodies could be inbounds, but if the head is out, they're out. It's so strange. Also the past year or two, they've made it a point of emphasis that you cannot put your head down. Down. Um, you can't do it. You can't do it. And, and they clearly like fought it, fought it, fought it. Oh no, I'm about to get turned head down. So I thought they were going to go caution and one. <laughs> yeah. I, Ooh, they I, could I, on that. I didn't think it was, uh, you're supposed to try and fight back in. Yeah. There. I thought, I thought the challenge got it wrong. And I think, you watch the. Oh, so you you would have given two, Christian. Well, or you punish for putting your head out. Caution one, one or the sure. other. Okay. Um. So that that surprised me, and I think it surprised if you. If you watch the Team USA corner when that happens, it is not in their mind that this should that this was a bad call. Like, I don't think Sergey really thought it was. You can see his reaction to the call. It's like, oh man, we kind of. I think they kind of thought we got away with one there, and I don't. Yeah. I don't disagree. List. Yeah, he looked awesome. Yeah, he he really did for fifty five minutes and forty five seconds. Fifty five minutes and forty five seconds. <laughs> it's almost a whole hour of looking really good. Um, yeah. So um, yeah. Wait, so hey, uh, the guy that Yanni beat. Okay, because I just looked this up on UWW. This guy is not the guy he wrestled in the World Finals because this guy's got starts with an M. Wait, Lontazi? Um, Which guy? Yeah, there's an R R Amudzali and an M Amudzali. Uh, which one is this? This was the world champion. This, this okay, is this the was guy the world he champion. lost in the world finals. Yes. Amuzali. Okay, because there, there's there's a couple of them with the same last name on the UWW database. I'm assuming they're brothers or something. Probably. Yes. Okay. Um, All good. Well, then he okay. wrestled them pretty well. I was, if it wasn't the world, didn't you tell it was him? Did you watch? It looked. It looked. Well, I looked. I'm looking at both these guys on uh, on the UWW, and they look. They're brothers, right? They look very much the same, and they. Did wrestle you say it was an R and an M? Yeah, like, M and an R. Well, he has. It's because it depends on what name they use. It's it's the same guy. It's just if he gets inputted. Oh, sure, he's the same guy. There's, Rahman there's Musa Amuzad or Musa Amuzad. Okay. Uh, there's okay. Anyways, moving on. There's yes, two profiles please. on UWW. Um, take it up with them. Yeah. So let's <laughs> talk about the the wrestling. That what did you see from Yanni there, Ben? Uh, well, he did a lot better job of uh staying in the match. Uh, and I was actually kind of surprised because his match on his match on Saturday was not very good. I was like, oof, that was kind of a rough one. I I know that guy's solid, the Mongolian guy. But Yanni was just not getting to any offense. He was getting shut down. He had a few turns. Um, so I, I wasn't actually expecting all that much, and he wrestled really tough. He had a couple good scores um, and made it super competitive. He he had a perfect game plan. Um, <laughs> it was clear it was kind of retreat, retreat. If you get caught in underhook, yep. ground yourself um, and go out of bounds, and then – Catch Amuzad coming in, which he did a couple times. Pretty nice. Yep. What uh the the final so Yanni was up four four late. Right. No, he was up four two. Mm-hmm. And then he got 
crotch lifted. I want to talk about that sequence a little I bit. I thought he gave up two scores on that. I know he did the head, really? head spin rotation. I mean, it's just one of those things where usually in that scenario, they will give two. Um, and it was, you know, I, I didn't get to rewind it and watch it again. But in, in real time, I thought, oh, they're definitely giving two on that one. And then the second one that they did give two on. Yeah. I uh, We could pull it up. It's a flow. Uh, we could. got the coverage. So I, what did you think about just the, the technique behind the, the crotch lift? It seemed like Yanni was not in that bad of position when he got in to get lifted like that. Really? Why? I thought he it looked held, like he was... I mean, I remember thinking he screwed. <laughs> really? I remember thinking, yeah, it's head outside. The guy had a nice strong lock. I remember thinking this guy is taking him over for sure. I thought he on the high crotch, he had like the the foot lifted. Maybe I need to rewatch it. Uh, yeah, let's bring it back up. I, I remember thinking, oh man, he's screwed right now. He's in trouble, you know. And then and then I thought, you know, obviously you can't see when you're watching the match. You can't see all the referees. You can see sometimes one referee, a singular one. And so you don't ever know what's going to go up on the, the scoreboard. And so I thought, oh, man, he just gave up two turns. And, it, you know, it's going to be 6-4. Um, that's really not good for him. Yeah. So, and then it was 4-4, and then he gives up a step out. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure late for the for the 5-4 loss. But I think it's encouraging if you're Yanni. You don't, you know. I don't think it was a surprise match with Mongolia. He was caught off guard or underestimated the guy. Yanni's a, a student. Of, he loves wrestling. He watches everything. He definitely was aware that Mongolia was good. Just yep. he lost the match, and I'm sure he was probably really excited and thinking about the the Iran matchup. And yeah, so a, not as his best performance there, but no cause for uh, for alarm. Ochir is that Mongolian guy, correct? His name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From uh, he he's got um, you know he's got a pretty solid uh, resume, um, but that was definitely a match I thought Yanni was gonna win. Indeed, indeed. Okay, so uh, let's see. Any other really? I mean, the Iranian heavyweight. He's freaking good. He's that really young one, right? Isn't he like eighteen or nineteen? Yes. Young, yeah. Super young. Yeah. We need Gable back. We do. Uh, uh. He was partying it up this weekend with the WWE. Oh, Jimmy did Kurt you see was spraying milk, spraying milk hoses. I just don't get it. I, this is, I mean. Christian, uh, let me explain it. Can I explain it to you? They're giving him a boatload of cash. And it's <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted, get that. It's something he wanted to do. It's not like he's like, oh, my God, they're forcing me to do this. It's like he clearly had been talking about this for years. He thought well, You don't know what fun. I don't get. You don't even know what I don't get. It's not like I don't it's, yeah, it's not lost on me that he makes Sorry. way more money doing being a, being a thespian. I don't get that people a watch thespian. this. Oh, he's got to come. The, uh, Tyler, play the clip. What's play he doing? He's again. an actor. Play the clip again, Tyler. Well, some people that. like acting and they find I it I know. Funny. I just don't get the show. <laughs> I don't get why people watch, you know, like Selling Sunset either. It's fine. Yeah. Don't you remember when the WWE guy beat up the reporter, Christian? Uh... We play this. Is this fake? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know that. That, that Gable. I listen. Bring if you go by Gable, bring security. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. Come on. My biggest bring question security. is. My biggest question is where did where did they get that much milk? They're just. There's no way it was milk. What was it? There's no way it was milk. It's got to be. What like, was it then? You just oh, that much milk out. 
Oh my god. What else? Yeah, it's milk. I'm sure it's milk. They got a milkman. They got a milk hose. Okay. White food coloring. Get it hot. They got a big budget. Big budget. Just, just they get just up to their ears in milk. I bet you. Yeah. I got. I gotta lose some of this milk to go bad soon. Dude, WWE accountants. They must be fi They must be fed up about this milk line item. What, Vince? Why are we spending so much money on milk? They should have got expired milk. It's way cheaper. It's way cheaper. Yeah, it should come to flow. We have so much expired milk running around here. It's crazy. Maybe we partner up. Yeah, we partner up. Actually, they are partners of, of Flow Sports. Shout out to WWE. It's true. You. Thank oh. you for the investment. Thank you. Um, but Investors, I stress possibly WWE. Possibly, yeah. So Gable's a thespian. He's launching milk with Kurt Angle. <laughs> um, yeah, look at this. What the heck? This See, this is not milk. Look, look at the mist. I guarantee you it's not milk. It's milk, bro. Come on. It's not milk. You probably think it's, it's real, too. It's real to me, damn it. That's straight out the udder. Yeah, yeah. This is an Iowa man. He knows. All right, so if you didn't know, Gable was on one of the WWEs, and he and Kurt Angle were milk people. And Smackdown. They, and they were shooting milk at people. <laughs> I, yeah, I, get, I can understand why people love this stuff. <laughs> wow. Where else, where else are you going to see the milk? Okay. Um, hey, what's what? next? Lemonade? Get, get, <laughs> oh, and then they chug these milks. <sighs> Man, this is awesome. Glad to see Kurt Angle. Looks like he's all right. Okay. With a broken freaking neck. Sorry, guys. Um, all right, we'll lock in. All right. I'm gonna Tyler. I'm gonna send you the video. I'm gonna send you the video to. Uh, we can't to, play. We I'll, can't play it. We'll go to jail. Why not? We will go straight to jail. Yeah, straight to jail. Son of a gun. Wearing sweaters, jail. Um, this sorry. is so disappointing. But the, pro <laughs> but the, the you know what's hilarious about it is that guy is actually contending that WWE is not fake, <laughs> which the joke's on him. He slaps him so hard. Still oh, me, boom. Damn it. Oh, I'm watching it. He just Oh, the guy's on the ground. Chris, that'd be you. Yeah, Gable just collar tie. Boom. Get, get full Gable collar tie. Christian. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, you can still punch people in the face in the real world. That does not make WWE real. No, I said it's a collar tie, not a punch. But... Well, <laughs> regardless. Um, hey, uh, the most important thing, we actually skipped over the most important thing to start the show, guys. I had a flawless picks week, seven oh. and zero. Wow! And I want to brag. And I want to brag about it. And I did the totals since I think because I was winning so badly, everyone stopped adding the totals up. Guys, I'm I'm a big. I have, I'm a thirty seven. I'm thirty seven twenty two. The next closest is thirty one twenty eight. JD, he got his. He made his own lines. He can't get even above five hundred. He's twenty nine and thirty. Yeah, good job, Ben. So I gotta say to you. Um, we should we should use this as an opportunity to get back into Division One wrestling news, uh, which yes, is normally what we're go. talking about in December. Uh, and there was a lot this weekend. There were a lot of great duels. Uh, let's, I mean, Bedlam was insane. There were so many crazy matches in that one, and concludes with former Cowboy Keegan Moore getting pinned by current Cowboy. Phenomenal tweet, by the way, Luke, by Keegan Moore. Luke Serber. Post. Uh, yeah. Post duel. S, S happens. Back to work. It happened for sure. He gets Wait. bottom leg cradled. What? 
How is Keegan Moore still in college? Come on. Are we going to do this every show with every wrestler? It's Every the... show. Keegan Moore has been – he's been three different colleges for the last 17 years. I mean, he's as old as me by this point. He's – no. Uh, so that was an incredible moment in Norman. Serber gets the pin. It was a – I mean, Whitlake had to win in overtime before that, which was nuts. Yeah, Moshe and Graydon Penner's not really – Rain Penner's not bad, but he's not really all that great either. So that that was kind of a surprising result to me. Um, yeah, Penner's been. I read, I watched him at the shoot. What tournament was it? Was it maybe that Mizzou one where they did like four teams? Tiger style. Yeah, Tiger style. No, it wasn't that. Oh, it was uh, Michigan State Open. He lost to a guy who I didn't really know, um, and then he lost twice in the. He lost Oklahoma Buffalo duel and the Oklahoma Lehigh duel. Lost in both of those. Not really all that competitive. So Prada beat uh, Mastro. Did you go with Prada in your picks? Ben? I did. I, I talked you into that one. No, I yeah, think I you know. I just thought. Well, I think everyone went with Prada actually because you guys, you guys gave Mastro two and a half points. That was the problem. Um, Mastro is not really having all that good of a season. He hasn't really was in his third year at Oklahoma State and has not really shown a ton of progress. Um, sorry, I'm pulling up his record. So we can get this right. Yeah, he's three and two on the year losses to McKee and Prada, and then he had the overtime with Carter Bailey. So, you know, he's going to be that. I don't. We'll say ten to twenty guy. That's probably where I expect him all year and in a lot of close matches. Yes. Nine House beat Sheet six five. Uh, oh, G, that was kind of surprising too, wasn't it? I guess it's. I mean, Nine House. We have him ranked higher than Wyatt, so not mm. not according to our rankers. Okay. G beat smart, Butler 7-1. Uh, Mitch Moore beat Victor Voinovich. Um, and as, oh. as David Bray pointed out, Tony Roby's class of 2016 continuing to be very productive. <laughs> Joey Prada and Mitch Moore still getting wins. Uh, not for Virginia Tech, but elsewhere. Yeah, who, who really um, had the best recruiting class of 2016? It's between, you know, Egan Moore. We got Mitch wait. Moore. We got Prada. We got... Lou Roselli's winning the 2016 recruiting battle. Yes, he is. Oh my god. <laughs> um, he, he, Coach Roselli played the long game with these guys. Mm-hmm. What Mitch Moore is not that old. I just looked up his wrestle stat. Oh, here we go. He's only in his fifth year of college. Keegan Moore's in his seventh year of college. He ain't got nothing on none of these dudes. Um, I kind of love that that Bedlam is exciting again. Yes, it um, is. It's but it's coming at really the expense exciting. of. Both teams Oklahoma being, State being yeah. powerhouse. Yeah. It's like this is now a, a, a more of a regional rivalry with lesser less yeah. national implications than it previously had. Yeah. But so still, Oklahoma State came back to Oklahoma. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Um, um so, they they wrestle again. Do you see do you see very many of the results changing for absolutely. the next time? You, you definitely could. I mean, I think so many of them could get turned on their head. I think Serber and Moore is not necessarily a, a – that's not a pinfall normally. Pinner's right there in overtime. Um, nine house yeah. sheets could definitely be flipped. Moore, Voinovich could be flipped. Schwartz, Young yes. could be flipped. Prada, Mastro, Heinzelman, Doucette. This thing could look completely different. Really, really in both directions. I mean, yes. there's wins that both teams could have had that they did not get, um, which I, you know, I think there's a lot of – like you said, a lot of competitive matches here. So I think it's yeah. fun next time as well. Listen to these margins of victory. One point, two points, two points, two point sudden victory, one point, two points, 
and then the pinfall, which is the most pinfall. dominant form of victory <laughs> known to man. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's go backwards slightly. Him also picking up John Smith. Uh, that was so great. Was tremendous. the celebration was crazy. <laughs> server server lost his mind. Rightfully Com so. Completely and totally. Not competent to stand trial for those like uh, first 30 to 45 seconds after the match. He picks up John, which was epic. And then he beelines it to the OU bench. And um, he was giving it to Coach. seemed like Coach Roselli. I don't know. And then no handshake, which I think was wise. Uh, last year, the handshake did not go so good. Oh, we, yeah. We had double leg tackle. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was AJ Heinzelman, I think. Yes, as, yeah. as I recall. Yep, yes, it, it was. was. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's let's go to some other relevant things. We did we talk about the that Frannick beat Brayton Lee? No, because that happened nope. after last show. So that happened in tiebreakers Friday night. Matt, the Matt strikes again against Young Brayton, and he loses. And he's been in college four years now, and he still is struggling getting off bottom. And Frannick is not a particularly tough rider. He's got to get this thing figured out. No. Looking at uh, you and I open, Drake Aiello was back on the mat. He won it. Uh, he had a you and I open was thin, guys. Really, really thin. Uh, that weight class was a four man round robin. Um, there was a few other round robins in there. I was looking because we had some Missouri guys there. We had some uh, AWA guys also in Northern Iowa. Um, it was kind of small. Sounds like the Iron Tiger in Central Texas that we had yesterday. Uh, we had some round. If I get the break. How, how did Caleb do with the Iron Tiger? He did great. Uh, he, man, it was, it was an, it's an emotional ride, but it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. He got it was so he made his weight, but then there's no one in his age and weight. He was the only person that made his what? weight class in his age group. So he had to go up in age, and then up in weight. For, so you guys just do weight classes on weekend tournaments because we just do. Uh... Where they pair them close to people, Madison. That's what they should do. That was um, oh my gosh. Okay, so I you know we're doing the P and L thing, and Zach Dominguez from Mexico is called the Madison system. And me and Cormier were like, I've been in wrestling for thirty years. I've never heard of something called the Madison system. What in the hell are you talking about? Well, in and the, it's just when you pair up close to people. When when James Madison was starting the wrestling program <laughs> at JMU in the seventeen hundreds, it was right. one of his many one of his many contributions <laughs> to society. And when they dropped it, he was right. rolling over in his grave. Yeah, he's still pissed. Um, oh my gosh! So yeah, no, that's how they did. No, it was man, it was awesome. It was very. Uh, actually, you're gonna love this. He got hit What's for. Uh, he got hit for. Caleb is uh, more of a more of a neutral guy. We'll say he's not not uh, very savvy on top. Uh, he can like ride and hold kids down, but he's not a turner yet. He's not. So he got hit for stalling when a kid stood up and he was like kind of dropping down and ran him straight out of bounds. I was like, oh, Ben would be loving this. <laughs> You'd have been so pumped. Uh, so um, funny. But no, he did good. He got, honestly, like I get, when he loses, he's losing at things that I know he hasn't like put a lot of, been able to put a lot of time in. Like he got thrown mm, from yeah. over under, which is like, man, he hasn't worked from that very much. So it was good. He um he kept talking about how fun it was, which is great. And it's really... Nice. That's the that's the hard thing because the, the sport is so tough, and I want you know I know he wants to do good, so he has to do this certain amount of work, as you know, Ben. And yeah, um, but like that's not always very very fun. But 
So you're trying to keep him in this like lane of having fun, working hard, trying to trying to have success, but like keeping it in perspective. But like an 11 year old doesn't have that perspective. So there's definitely like some times where I'm like really very, I'm and I'm very very paranoid about him, you know, becoming, you know, falling out of love with the sport or whatever, just because it's something that's so common with wrestling. Mm. But at the end of it, he, he talked about how much fun he had. He couldn't wait for next week when he's wrestling again. So that was good and, and a huge relief. Nice. So that was good. Outlaws did awesome. good. His training partner did well. So, yeah, a lot, oh, yeah. A lot of fun had. Um, um, back to the UNI Open. Back to the UNI Open. I don't know. If right. much. I just kind of wanted to note a few of those things. Real quick. Uh, three of the brackets are round robins. Clayton Whiting beats uh, World Silver Medalist Bennett Berge. I got to brag on that one. Brag on that young man oh yeah and then uh the only other thing that was notable that i think is notable 157 i think has six iowa state wrestlers let's go they're starting the last chance qualifier early <laughs> oh my god so and then you know there's a couple iowa got rat jim was in there also ratchy carter martinson was in there but they got huddleson uh kreiser robinson uh monroe judge i think there's one more here like that's five i'm trying to find one more so many Iowa State guys at 157. I don't know Huddleston, but it sounds like a name Sion would say when trying to say <laughs> another name. That's that's all I know about Huddleston. Uh, it's now. so true. It's so true. So Kreiser won. I mean, we we we've been complaining about Kreiser being maybe not the best option, but he beat Cam Robinson, who I guess um, is coming up yeah. from 49 to try to start at 57. He beat him. He beat. He actually wrestled almost uh, mostly Iowa State guys. He beat Huddleston earlier than that. Um, so their best guy 57, but it's, you know, not that great of an option. Yes. Um, Chattanooga versus Iowa, not a ton Chattanooga of no- won four matches. They did win four. Um, our guy, Charles Matthews was, was in the lineup. He's the, he's he normally re- in the hype man role. He wrestled against Buffalo. I think, yeah. Yep. As well. Yep. In Albany. Shriver lost to Braden Palmer in sudden victory. He's just, is having a hard time getting takedowns. Um, yeah, no he's Max lost, Mirren. I, um, Colin Shriver, I think, has lost uh, a whole bunch in a row where he's lost like 3 2 or 3 1. Yes, or I uh, was to, sorry, just the last two, and then he lost 6 0 to Colaccio. Colaccio, <laughs> whatever. Damn, no, I'm not Sion. <laughs> All right, Sion, him I'm... too. It looks like Coliaccio. <laughs> I know, leave me alone. And Boys. Kirk Fleet looks like Kirkwich. That's why I say that. Kirkwich. <laughs> Rocky Jordan beat Nelson Brands 3 uh, 1. That was a notable result. Those two right have there. wrestled at 184. <laughs> so it's probably a little bit of a fancy CNU here as they make their way down to a lighter weight class. I'm going to find that result. Oh. Um, nice I want to say Rocky had beaten him before. Rocky. So, no. He, had be- he was 2 0 against Rocky. And then lost to him. So that's notable. And then what else happened in that? That's pretty much it. Yeah, that was that was it for that one. That ben, you're gonna love who won the uh the pick'em for the public this week. He won Ozzy Askren. Ozzy Askren? You entered Ozzy? Yeah! Ozzy knows <laughs> wrestling? I didn't know that. Oh, how was his first practice? Uh, mostly good. He really, he liked it. He whined about getting a drink one time and, uh, that was, that was really it. Other than that, it was a good time. 
Now, when you say that, I think Ozzy would be mad that he has to take a water break. No, um, no, no, no. He wanted a water my, break. My wife is too obsessed with hydration, so my kids are a little bit whiny about drinks. And, I, you know, my wife says, you don't, want to get dehy- you don't know what dehydration is, woman. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, do you know what the lengths you have to I go know to, to dehydration. be dehydrated? You don't know it. That's so funny. Yeah, so one time we brought we brought it, you know, we brought it in and we were showing movies and he's like, Dad, I need to get a drink. I'm like, Ozzy, I'm teaching. Like, just be quiet right now. He's like, but I need a drink. I'm like, okay, you got to be quiet and then we can do that afterwards. That's funny. That was it. Otherwise, Did you tell him thirst is a weakness like Denzel Washington and remember the Titans? Uh, well, you know, my plan is uh, I think they don't have a lot of reasoning power uh, when they're that age. Like Alex is kind of getting old enough to really like think think through everything but my my plan is to just toughen them up i want to take them on a longer hiking trip when they get a little bit older and then we oh, just yeah. gotta you know deal with the stuff you know there you go just toughen survival yes. i like it like uh, tony perkins and heavyweights like tony <laughs> yeah <laughs> i need my kids still haven't seen that they gotta watch that great one. throwback have your kids watched I should it? watch it with yeah. my kids do well, they like it i don't know if yeah oh a, yeah, a five-year-old's like definitely not old enough for it right I mean, I I show my my five, seven, and nine year olds. So yeah. he, the five year old just gets dragged in with the rest of them, though. You know what I mean? He's just that's true. Long for the ride. Ozzy yeah. will be like though. He'll be like Ozzy. Will be like, I don't like this. Go to do something else. And then he'll go like play with Play Doh for two hours instead of like watching the movie. He will never just sit there with his sisters. Other things happened in America. Uh, Bryce Hepner continues to beat all Americans last year. He beat Cam Amin. In the Cleveland State Open Finals. Ben Wait, what? Know that. Where did I miss this? You you missed it. I don't know. Yeah. But you missed wow. it. Why is Cam Amin wrestling in the Cleveland State Open? He's been out for a while. Probably like, hey, let me get some <laughs> matches. Got it. And then Seth Shoemate beat John Posnanski. Uh, hold on. I got a question. Can I ask a question here? Yes, Mr. Askren in this the back. Question. Um did Ohio State forfeit 165 in the dual meet? Why didn't he wrestle? Why didn't he have to wrestle on that? He's redshirting. Mm, and it would be ins- it would be good incinerated. Yeah. They would incinerate his shirt. What like sh- LeBron. <laughs> it's only the freshmen that have the flame retardant shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Just that, we have got to start calling them flame retardant shirts when they're two freshmen wrestling. <laughs> now they did, yeah, because Ohio State did use new. Nick Buzakis at 133 this weekend, but yes, they did. Flame retardant red shirt. He's right. fine. Mm-hmm. He's totally fine. Um, all right, Cleveland State Open. I found all of the Cleveland State Opens from 2021 and prior on uh, Trek Wrestling. Where is the 2022 Cleveland State Open? I, I don't know, buddy. Oh, do, I, do we really sakes. have to do this on the on the on the on the internet? Yes. Right sometimes we gotta do this. Shoemate beat Posnanski, which is also notable. If I didn't note that, also at 184 and not wow. 197, where Shoemate was competing previously. Yeah. Wait. So yeah. what are they? Do? What is Ohio State doing? Because now they have Geog and Shoemate both at 84. And Rogatsky just committed well, to Ohio State. Geog's up at 97. But then where the hell is Rogatsky gonna go? That's the question. I don't. Not the Navy. No boats. Yeah. Man, I, that's a, a hard loss for Navy. Navy finally picked up a blue chipper and then he bounces. Yeah, that is tough. That's tough for sure. Um, okay, so that was the Cleveland State Open notables there. Penn State and Oregon State wrestled. No, the the marquee match of that one did not happen. We were hoping Neither for. Neither person showed up. Brooks versus Munoz. Neither made the walk. Um, 
Max Dean beat Tanner Harvey 6-3, which was just, what was the line? Two and a half. Two and a half, and I uh, believed. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> a sinister laugh from Ben. Um, <laughs> and that was kind of it, you know. Not, I mean, Van Ness looked good. <laughs> Bo Bartlett beat Cleveland Belton in a rank versus rank match. Ooh, Facundo, you lost that one too, Christian. Facundo, uh, 3-2 over Olgeen. How bad did I lose that one? Hey, can, can I compliment JD here? Can I give JD a compliment? A lot. There's no time. Okay. All out as well. Frantic versus Brayton Lee. Pick him. It goes to 2-1 tiebreak overtime. Mm-hmm. Okay? Cleveland Belton versus Bartlett, two and a half point line. Bartlett wins by two. Mm-hmm. Dean versus Harvey, two and a half point line. Dean wins by three. Mastro versus Prada, two and a half point line. Prada wins by two. Hold on. Uh, Mastro was, so. was favored. Oh, that went the wrong way. Okay, he, well, he's got a couple more in here. Mahler versus uh, Henson, one and a half point line. Mahler wins by two. two. And then Mako covered by the most, which was uh, it was a two and a half point line, and he only won by one, so that's one and a half point. So, man, J.D., you're within half a point on, on over half of those. Thank you. Good nice job, work. J.D. Yes, take a bow. Okay. So that was kind of uh, Penn State, Oregon State. Not a ton to note that Penn State rolls on. Facundo had a close win over Olgeen, 3-2, but he continues to win every time out. What else happened here? North Dakota State Buffalo happened. I'm surprised you haven't tried rubbing something in yet. Well, and I will not be doing that. What are you that. waiting for? What are you waiting for here? <laughs> I won't be doing that because here's the thing. Virginia Tech won, and no, I'm not remotely surprised. But because you're a Mizzou hater, no, because I thought they were. <laughs> I thought they were Christian Piles. I, I thought they matched up great because um, they're a very, very good team. But what what's the win you can point to and say if you're Virginia Tech and be like, man, this, this is this was a great win. This means a lot nationally. However, Missouri, I feel like can make a couple say, hey, we won some big matches here. Hart dominated Crook eight two. Mahler beats one. Mahler beats Henson in probably the most significant match um yep. elam put it on smith elam well, yeah that was elam, expected but it's number one you know Bolin beat Harmon 13 to 3 i think that's probably i mean that's not what i expected that's a pretty dominant win for hunter so that's a yeah. really good win but you know elam beat kaka i don't know like what, what yeah so mizzou didn't have um not to make excuses uh no certain not in the Here lineup well, obviously, no certain's not in the lineup, and the fifty-seven was backup versus backup because it was Obrey versus Joffrey, and that's yes. you, that should be Andonian versus JQs. I don't think, I don't think any results change here. I think maybe it's a decision instead of a major at one twenty-five, and then I think one fifty-seven is likely the same. Um, Keegan obviously is frustrated not getting bonus, but Keegan or Rocky Elam and or both need to go get bonus for Mizzou to win this. Yeah, what what do you make of? I mean. Keegan gives up the first takedown against Connor Brady, eight four win. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was uh, teaching private lessons, so I didn't get to watch it. I will, I'm going to watch it. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know what I think. People are starting to study him, and, and I don't say figure him out, but having a better idea of how to slow slow things down against him. I mean, that being said, guys, he still does have a, um, I want to say the eighty percent bonus this year, or somewhere to that effect. He's got a dominant win over. Dean Hamidi, who beats pretty much everybody else, mm-hmm. um, you know, one close match against Peyton Hall, which was three to zero, and yes, then besides that, he's got two techs, two pins, and a major. 
Yeah. Yeah, no no cause for, for major alarm, but I think we expected the maybe more of a bonus rate. I, uh, Connor yeah. Brady sh- is someone that I feel like a year ago we'd say for sure, Keegan, um, bonus. But Brady's tough. He is tough. So, uh, and rest of that does not show the all-star either, FYI. Brady, let's see, Connor Brady this year, he lost. So goofy. He lost 3-1 to Cartula. He lost in overtime to Ogunsanya. So the, not got, showing the all star. WrestleStat has kids' high school results for a college website. I know, right? In there, but they won't list like the ignoring of the all star, which is a seven minute folk style match with the exact same rules. Just because it's we so, should take it up with the NCAA. Called call it an exp- not WrestleStat. No, those it's gray shirt matches. Panero Johnson's matches for the Cyclone Regional Training Center are not NCAA matches either. That's not NCAA. Yeah. So. If you can Myers, count Myers those on there, big well, it is for one of the wrestlers, right? Yeah, but it's it's just it's just not a genuine picture of what's happening in wrestling. If you just pretend, no, that didn't happen. Like I get it for seating and all that stuff, but to, like to not factor it in your rankings is just like you're basically lying to the people that are that are looking at your rankings, saying, "Yeah, we we yeah. know that Cole Matthews is better than Andrew Aliras." When everyone watched that match, and you're just putting your head in the sand that didn't happen it's really it's sort of sort of embarrassing so don't yeah, do that it's annoying the match happened. um yeah no i look at i mean Connor Bray, not to make excuse king Connor Bray's actually been good this year wins over yeah. barzak formato Ravano. he's solid um but yeah keegan's gotta figure out how to turn turn up a little bit yes so good that was the the marquee duel there and um virginia tech Got it done. Got the win, and they they did good. I mean, I'm not trying to, but there's not a um like a signature signature victory there for for the Hokies. Yes, agreed. Uh, okay, okay, we got to get to Iron Man at some point. I'm trying to make sure I didn't miss any other super notable stuff because there were a lot. Well, of really I, so I feel like there weekend. wasn't a bunch of high level college things this weekend. There was kind of like some duels here and some duels yeah. there, but nothing like. I feel like the Ironman and the World Cup were kind of the two bigger events of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's be Ironman. Ironman. Because this, I don't know, and David, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I looked at that finals matchup, I was like, man, I can't remember an Ironman finals that were this loaded top to bottom with yeah. like top five versus top five competition i'm yeah. sure it's happened six of the 14 finals were between top five nine of the 14 were between guys in the top 10 um it, it was incredibly loaded and we knew I, so i think over year over year it was up about 10 percent in terms of ranked wrestlers in the field as a whole but the top 10s it was just like quarterfinals on it was these incredible matchups um yeah. f- for all those ranked guys especially in the lower weights there weren't like Probably as many big time upsets as as you would expect, but there were some really notable ones. Um, but yeah, I mean it's awesome stuff. We could really talk about any of these weight classes, but probably you know the biggest biggest storyline for me, uh, just a cool story, is Brandon Cannon. Yeah, um, it's crazy. This is a guy who what's his if, story? If people don't know him, he him. he wrestled his freshman year at Wyoming Sem, and then. He he actually had a, a rare bone tumor um, that kept him out what? for his sophomore year. Yeah, he Andy Hamilton wrote an article about it last year when he made his return. But he lost the guy lost like over twenty pounds dealing with this with this Jeez. tumor. 
Um, and he was a 106 pounder, so you can imagine that, like what that looked like. Not good. It was a really no. dire situation. Uh, so he came back, recovered from that. Last year he had a, a pretty good year. He's been kind of in and out of the rankings. He's currently sitting at number 19, but he beat this weekend. He beat uh, number seven. Vince Buzakis, he beat uh, number four, Hunter Mason, and he beat number one, Nasir Bailey. And that match had a little bit of controversy. Um, he ended up losing in the finals to Cannon Webster. But despite the controversy in the, the Bailey match, this guy's story is like, you know, you, you don't see things like this happen very often. Did you see oh, Let's the- talk about that final because I watched the final. Um, I mean, first of all, he, he got three takedowns in the third period to tie it up, sent it to overtime. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's that's impressive when you're wrestling the number one guy. And, you know, we were talking about Bailey's gas tank, but he looked good against Ryder Block, and who's number one, wrestled the whole match hard, shot Ryder Block down, um, and Cannon was able to get on a whole bunch of attacks and, and finish the attacks. Um, overtime, yeah, I totally see what the ref was thinking. I probably give the takedown to Bailey most of the time, but I am not appalled by it. It was not like... <laughs> He's got to take down for sure. He was off to the side. He wasn't over the top of him. I don't know. Am I am I uh, the little man here, or what do you guys think? I, I mean, the thing that makes it tough is he had a leg in and a power half, and and so I you know he was he was off to the side a little bit, but um, I, I think that looked like a t- and it wasn't like he had the leg in and a power half. Can for we like, bring it up and just like show yeah. it? I mean, yeah, because yeah. it's inter- well. So and this is not it. Though. You know. My initial feeling is definitely not a takedown immediately, but then once he starts hanging on for like a few seconds, like, yes. oh shit, they're they're gonna call the takedown. He's he's been hanging on for like four or five seconds now. That's what but I was gonna it's say. Like, well, he's still off to the side, he's not really over the top of him. Uh so I'm not appalled like I think some people were. This is the way that you know, this if you're gonna see it called this way, it'll be in a high school match, not in a college match. they they give they give a lot more reaction time in high school typically. So um it's not. It's not like an unprecedented call, but I, I definitely, if I, if I had the whistle, would have been, would have been holding up too. Um, but yeah, yeah, well, it's crazy. I don't know if we're gonna get that pulled up, but it yeah, was we're working on it. Definitely I, notable. I, I think, you know, you always hear like leg in, like that's like a, a point of emphasis that you always hear for like the rule and why something could be a takedown. Um, so go back a little bit, Tyler. You're really close. A tiny bit. Yeah, even a little more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's yeah, put let's, down here the we go. Play it this from here. Good. This is good. All right. So good shot by Bailey. And he's sort of awesome. now legs all yeah, the way but, in. But that's where it's probably too, but he is like he's not in a good spot. Like for he is totally off to the side. Like I said, I probably call it two, but I am I'm not appalled like some people are on this one. I'm like oh, he's off to the side. He's not really over the top ever. I'm he's on the up. side the entirety of the time. Yeah, I thought it was two. I think typically that's how you see that called. Yeah, um, I do. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, like the zoom in. Well, look at the zoom function. Wow, nice. Freeze right it's there. Yeah, corporate. I mean, see 3.0. like where the hips are the whole time. Yeah, the hips. The hips are over to the side where it's. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I could see it either way. Yeah. I mean, good on Cannon to never stop there because at least he gave himself the chance and he yes. got the win. Um, but the really crazy fallout rankings-wise is Cannon Webster came into the tournament number three in the country. He wins the tournament. Um, Bailey, after the loss, defaulted out, didn't wrestle another match. 
but they do have a head-to-head matchup back at the U17 or U20 trials, and and uh, Bailey won that one. So it's you know it's tough because they're both in Illinois, Webster and Bailey, but we're probably not going to see that match. So you got to punish them for defaulting out there. I mean, that's what I always want. Um, we've talked about that last week with the college stuff. Like, there's, there's no guarantee he's going clean through the backside. Right. That was that's going to be a tough backside matches. So to reward him for. I mean, there was no injury in that match, right? So to reward him for not wrestling those last two matches, I, I have a hard issue with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's probably the right call. It's just like one of those where you're like, man, I just wish we would have gotten to see that match. and Or I wish that yes. we would. Like the Dvorak's coming up in Illinois this weekend, but I don't think um, Cannon Webster's high school will be there. So there's – I just don't they're, – and they're different divisions, so I don't think we're going to see the match. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so that was that was the one disappointing thing about it is like, but the story for for Brandon Cannon is incredible. This guy, I mean, he's overcome a ton and uh, doing it on the mat too. It's it's a hard thing to do. So it's an awesome story. Okay, the other divisive moment in officiating was the Ladarian Lockett Hinkle match where Ladarian got four cautions, which is all right. That's a whole lot. And a lot of people feel like the ref should have said, no, get your foot on the line and not hit him with a decisive caution in overtime to give Hinkle the win. But the official, it looked like the, honestly, when you watch the replay, <laughs> I had a hard time actually being able to tell that he yeah, was. He, it's hard to on. say, but obviously, so the, the Christian, I think we were texting about this last night. The reason it's obvious to me is that Ethan Kyle when he comes over to argue, he wasn't arguing that his foot was on the line. He was arguing that the ref should have gave him the opportunity or forced him to put his foot on the line without a penalty. So to yeah. me, that's the telling moment where it's like, oh, well, his foot clearly wasn't on the line because his coach isn't even saying his foot was on the line. He's saying you should have given him the opportunity to. Um, and, and maybe it's because he was doing one of my pet peeves, but there's so many guys, you know who does it the worst is Jacob Warner. Referees, watch out for this man. Where they go, I'm going to back up a little bit. Hold on. I can't, my, my, my sound cord keeps getting pulled up. But he goes, they go under the elbow and then right to the claw, right? So they go, the belly hand, this is the belly hand, this is the elbow hand, and they go boom, and then right to the claw. And I feel like there should be a forced pause there. So if you watch Lockett's left hand in that video, he doesn't stop. He goes elbow claw, like it's like, Boom, boom. And so, like, I didn't really hate the cautions. And, and then the other one in the well, it's third the, period. He, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, the the one that's really being discussed is when he lines up neutral, right? It's like the last one. Think, yeah, the last one. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, that's that's the one that, like, I mean, it, it obviously ends the match. Um, but I, I do wonder... Ben, you just said, hey, tell officials to watch out for Jacob Warner. I wonder if somebody was was like warning the ref beforehand, like, hey, watch this guy. He hit a really, really clean ankle pick off a off the whistle earlier in the tournament. Oh, and yeah. and may, he may have got a rolling start. And coaches Well, the third period point was a rolling start, Bray. It was I mean, he gets called for in the third period. That's what right. ties it up. And it was very clearly a rolling start. Well, it was, but I but I don't know that refs always see that. And I wonder if somebody tipped this guy off and was like, hey, watch out for this, watch out for this, and, and just kind of like had it in his mind this guy's going to try to game the cautions or whatever and and so I don't know I don't know if that happened but I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if something like that did happen yeah Man. I think this comes down to um you know just like the Jaden uh Cox weigh-in situation well I think people well I'm some people line up in two schools of thought people line up in two you know one school is here's the rules he didn't step on the line that's a penalty right 
Mm-hmm. Or the other school thought it's like, well, that's dumb. That's a dumb rule. Like, just let him step on the line. You know, uh, you should give him the, the lenience, let him step on the line, and then let him wrestle it out, you know? And those are the kind of two schools of thought that people have. Because I think that's, you know, why people are in one or the other. So cautions are, are interesting because there's different ways you can get them. There's like the false start cautions. There's there's scenarios where you get a caution when you're absolutely trying to get an advantage, right? And they yes. have to be called. There's no room for ambiguity for a false start or someone yes. Correct. Um, trying to jump the whistle. Like you have to hit a caution there. Um, and I think everyone would probably agree with that. Um, I think yeah. where it gets into, and this is Ethan Kyle's point, is you see it often – um, you see actually a, a couple things often. You see very frequently, and if you watch for this in wrestling, they don't even look at the feet. They just, th- yeah. they're cl- they're in the area and they blow the whistle. And that is often, yeah. that's something I've noticed. And because yeah. I kind of, I'm always just, you know, you're watching and you're like, okay, he's not, well, they don't care. I don't care. That's for sure. That's yeah. common. That's common in high level folk yeah. style, uh, division one and high school. You see it all the time. The freestyle doesn't bit, even have starting line. Freestyle doesn't, it's just like you just be in the area and we go. Yeah. yeah. So, there's that that's kind of working against the athletes in that it is sort of ambiguous in that you don't see it all the time because some of the refs are like, whatever, close enough. And then there's the other scenario, and this is what Coach Kyle was pointing out. I was like, the refs do this. They'll say, hey, get your foot yep. set or get your foot right, and then they'll blow the whistle because they don't want to do it. They don't want to hit, hit him for a caution, especially to end the match. And he's right that that's a thing. That's a thing that could have that's happened in that and no one would have said anything. And Blair Academy's not going to have a – they're not going to freak out. Um, well, maybe they would, but I don't think they would. I think that everyone understands think so. that that's a thing that happens in wrestling. So what you have is you, you, you just need to get these officials on a conference call and say, hey, what are we doing here? Are we are we giving a little grace for lining up improperly? Or are we that's why I think – Are we going to be it's sticklers? A, it's a school thought, Christian. The school thought. This, this guy was a very – you could tell uh, – you could tell he cared about what he did, that he did it well. And he was probably like a very by the rules guy. Yeah. But like he was actually, if you watch him on all the restarts, and there was, I mean, part of the part of the problem was there was like 25 restarts in the second period because mm-hmm. Lockett just kept pushing him out over and over and over again. So there was this uh just a gigantic amount of restarts. But he oh, I freaking hate it. It drives me crazy. I actually thought the mat it was a rudest mat. It might have been small, but then the, the mat sections are six feet, and so you can kind of like use that six feet sections to judge how wide the mat is, and it seemed to be regulation size. Um, but the ref was like getting low, and he was like watching what was going on on the hands. You know, mm-hmm. most refs don't even care enough to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he was getting low so he could watch what the handwork was. Most refs won't even do that. They'll just stand up and kind of neglect it. So you could tell this guy was uh, minding his P's and Q's, and he really cared about what he did. Um, I obviously wish the match wouldn't have happened like this, but I don't really have an issue with any of his cautions. Yeah, I, I think the the fact that you can see the it called the other way or officiated the other way does make it a tough pill to swallow. And then, so I I feel for for Lockett in that. And then on the other side of the coin, I'm like my my empathy is a little lower in that. You're you're a high high level wrestler. You mm-hmm. wrestle a lot of national competitions, yeah. and everyone knows the rules, and everyone knows what a caution is and isn't. And after you get hit for three, and it's the only reason you're in overtime, don't you have to like as an athlete like slow slow it down a little bit and increase your focus and not make a careless error that can cost you the match? Like at some point, yeah. like you got did. the two 
you've got two free cautions yeah. you can use those but beyond yeah. that at some point you need to make a, a little bit of a yeah. flip there big rules and guy, he did Christian try to Piles. jump the whistle three times like he had two cautions in the second period and he still tried to roll through that whistle in the third period it's like you know like you knew that was a possibility that they were gonna call you for that no, and I'm not being a rules guy because I'm saying it's ambiguous. And the rule is that is a caution and he loses the match 100% of the time. That is a caution. If you don't line up properly, it's a caution. So that's the actual rule. I'm saying how you see it in wrestling is there's ambiguity, there's nuance, and they give a little grace there sometimes. Sometimes they don't, and they didn't at Ironman. So it is a, a scenario where you could see it called both ways. Um, but ultimately, you've got to increase your focus knowing you're only the only reason these guys in the match is because you're not lining up properly you're jumping the whistle and you're not um thorough in those moments so it's my empathy meter goes down if it's like if like a caution was like an automatic point for every single one it would be it would be really stupid but yeah my gosh four at four and none of them were wrong none of them were the wrong call that's the other thing there's no, yes. there's not controversy about the first three. Correct. Like it's, so I don't know. Yeah. The good news is if you're, if you're locked, it is like, okay, what's, what are the adjustments you have to make? It's just situational awareness. It's not, I mean, when it comes to wrestling positions, this guy is like, yeah, he's got a lot of that figured out. So, um, and if people are game planning for locket thinking, okay, all we got to do is like hope for cautions. That's fine. I mean, you want guys <laughs> to try to beat you that way. Great. Yeah. So I, I feel for locket because I don't think. I think the match is supposed to you're supposed to be able to determine who's better and i don't think he did but you know what like cosmo kramer said without without rules there's chaos <laughs> believe me no, cosmo rules, chaos i love it um i mean yeah so i feel like once you get i mean honestly once you get your second caution and somehow it's like mind your p's and q's if you're a guy who tries to get a little fast don't get a little fast start like you better be able to win the match without a little fast start Oh my gosh! Do you guys remember this? What in high school rest? I don't. I don't think this even exists anymore. What? This this about broke my brain and several of several Buffalo Gap wrestlers. When you lined up on top, you had to go. You had to get down, get set. It was like knee, belly, then elbow. You couldn't go elbow then belly. Do you remember this? Was this a thing? I don't remember this. No, it was a huge point of emphasis in like oh two thousand. 10 through like 12 or 13 and these officials and probably it was just isolated to where I was from in Virginia. They were hung up on the sequence in which you lined up in which you had to go belly, then elbow. And I remember like, I remember knee, belly, elbow, you get your knee down, then belly, then elbow. And if you did it out mm. of order, actually now it sounds kind of familiar. It's so stupid. What is it? What matter? were they trying to stop? Were they trying to stop the, um, well, the well, because really the elbow hand is the one that you would move early because you're trying to get underneath. And that's where I actually think there should be, in my ideal world, and actually I refed a few, we had some wrestle offs this week and I refed them. I want a one-second pause. You get the top guy to line up, you pause for a second, and then you blow the whistle so there's no shenanigans jumping because there's so many top guys who roll into their start. They go, boom, right? They come up to a claw or inside to a, you know one of those. Okay, I think I have the best idea since insta-death. Go. Ready for Let's it? go. You guys ever played Mario Kart? Where it's like, da, da, yeah. da, da, and there's just the lights. 
that go off yes. in a buzzer. And then Love you it. just have to time your buzzer. And if you don't do it on time, you spin out like you just ran over a banana. <laughs> we should have that in wrestling. And you're, that's why it's like a set. Once you, you get them set and then... You know the table you put, hits sen- the mark. You put sensors on. You put sensors on their body so you can tell when their movement begins. Obviously, there's sensors involved. We're gonna have sensors. We're gonna have their brains microchip the whole thing. We're gonna we're gonna know. Um, you can have, you could have sensors on their uh, wrists and their singlets so you can tell when they start moving, Christian. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or we, we could also watch. You can tell. Juice is definitely. You know what is a, a great invention. <laughs> uh, great invention by I don't know track. I don't know if this is you guys. The, the watches that the refs have, they're connected to the clock, so we don't need any towel tappers messing it up. You get buzzed. Genius. Genius. That is, that so is smart. smart. That was that was JD. Avery likes my idea, the Mario Kart start. It would be better. <laughs> I do think, um, yeah, the, the order in which you line up <laughs> is so immaterial because there should be a moment where everything is set and you're still, and then the ref blows yes. the whistle. There should um, be a still moment. That's because that then that takes away any possible jump start. And I think I think why refs don't do it is that it actually makes it actually makes it way more likely that someone cautions, right? Because mm-hmm. there is that I want to try to jump this, and if you just go set go, you like you want you're not going to call a caution, you know. And no one wants to win matches by cautions, and the ref gets booed if they call too many cautions. Especially like if you're a Carver Hawkeye and you start calling Jacob Warren for cautions, you're going to get booed, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think it makes it easier for the refs to not not have that moment in time. Um, but I, I think it would it would make it more fair if they did uh, a pause and then a go. And you you hear it's so funny because, um, you know, when you sit Matt side for duels, like, and you hear all the coaches, it's funny. But the, one of the biggest coaching pet peeves I observed that I would not consider it is they get so mad when you don't blow the whistle, like, immediately. And they just start screaming, yes. blow the whistle! Like, when they literally waited maybe a second. And they always yes, blame yep. the caution on the ref when they hold it a little long. So it is sort of a um, – and the officials like to be sort of unpredictable when they're going to blow the whistle so they don't get timed. It's almost like the the basketball official on the jump ball. Like they'll bounce it. I think it's great. Yeah, it's good. That's it should how it be should be. People yeah. should not be getting rolling starts. Yeah, you need to, you need to freeze them. Uh, so, yeah, that was – that's a lot of caution talk. But um, I think worthwhile and thought-provoking – Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I the other ma- the match that you haven't brought up yet that I think is probably the biggest match is the first one that I watched. We had we had a uh, Christmas at my dad's this weekend. Christmas at Chuck's, um, they call it. Christmas at Chuckers. Um, <clears throat> Lil Adult, Lil Adult versus Jack Forrest. Yes. Jack Forrest. You know, Lil Adult is kind of a hurricane of everything going on. Um, and Lil Adult was kind of able to shut him down and then and then hit a throw by takedown in overtime to win. So I think. He goes back to, you know, we were debating after Super mm-hmm. 32, should he be ranked number one? Because remember, uh, Force was winning big and then got pinned and then Lil Al won. Now yeah. I think that makes him kind of like an official number yeah. one, if you will. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, part of what made that decision so hard back then was that 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 Forrest had just beat Lilidol like three yeah. weeks before Super mm-hmm. 32. But yeah, now it's clear Lilidol is going to move to number one. Um, he'll be one of three new number ones. So yeah, that, that match two? was good. Uh, the other two, so Kale Hughes, number two, Kale Hughes okay, beat number yeah. one, Sergio Limley. And then I think you got to move Cannon Webster to number one I ahead of this year, Bailey. That. So, yeah, so that's those are the three new ones. Um, there were four other number ones that, that won at Ironman, which was, man, that's, that just speaks to the depth. Bo Bassett looked great in a major yep. in the finals. Um, 
We had who else? Oh, Angelo Ferrari. He beat Lorenzo Norman in uh, the little mm-hmm. little send off to the Blair Corner afterwards. <laughs> oh uh, he my didn't, goodness! Yeah, he's he's no love lost there. Definitely uh, letting bygones be bygones there, and definitely not still <laughs> hanging on to something that was like four uh, years ago. Yeah. How old was Angelo when that even happened? Not in high school. Not yeah. in high school. Yeah, little um, middle schooler. But so yeah. Angelo wasn't there, correct? It was the older two. No, he was right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Other number ones, Rocco Welsh had a major in his final over Gerald Miller, who I like this guy, Gerald Miller from St. Ed's. He's just a sophomore. I think he's going to be – I think he, you're going to see this guy make make big jumps, but not ready for Braden Thompson yet. And then uh, – or sorry, for Rocco yeah. Welsh yet. And then Braden Thompson was the other number one who, who won. Braden Thompson wins uh, – you know, it's funny because he performed so well uh, – he performed so well against uh, the senior level field at the NYAC, or I always call it that. I know that's not what it's called. I got you. Uh, but oh, then sorry. he has a lot of, like, he won 3 2 over Heeg in the semis and then 3 2 over uh, McDaniel in the finals. He just seems satisfied to win 3 2 matches. And I know Cole Marisol had a really close one with him the previous weekend. And I, and I want to say he had a close match in the semi <laughs> of that tournament as well. Yeah, and I mean, think about his who's number one match was Zach Ryder. It was super close. That was he, super close. Also. He wins a lot of matches that way. Um, just one of those guys. And and you're right. I mean, when it when it comes to freestyle, uh, he's I don't know. He seems to be able to get to his offense more and and or he prioritizes that more. But um, yeah, it's it's a weird thing because he does win a lot of close matches, but he also he just doesn't lose. You think about like I think the last time he lost yeah a high school match was was 2021 Super 32. 2021 Super 32. Who is that? That was, um, let's see, was it? Or did it have been was it Rocco? No, it wasn't Rocco. It was, uh, well, maybe he did lose to Rocco. It was the four man. Well, that was it. Who's number one? But he also got, he got third at Super 32. Um, was it Singleton? Did he lose to Singleton? I can look it up. Give mm. me one second. Singleton's good. Um, Sinclair should be wrestling him this weekend at, Dvorak. So good. hopefully, I think I think we got a good game plan. Hopefully, uh, we, he can go and execute on it. What is it? Let's get into it. Um, hmm. Emma, let me think if it's going to be a. Uh, I mean, yeah, I could say it's. It's. Um, I think a lot of guys don't do a good job of keeping him off, off balance. Um, they let him kind of hang in ties, and I think that will probably be a key to beating him. Now, can in uh, go execute on it? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. So his last loss, at that one that was at Super 32 to a high school wrestler, that was Rocco Welsh. And he has since beat Rocco yeah. Welsh. Yeah, they had a crazy match at um, – because uh, I just watched this because I was scouting him. Uh, UWW Juniors last year. Rocco Welsh is up actually kind of – I want to say he was up 4-0 with not that much time left. And Braden Thompson chased – I think it was a takedown and a turn maybe to chase him down to win. Mm-hmm. Something to that effect at UWW yeah. Juniors. Yeah, and then and, the bar match. The bar matches were kind of crazy, actually. Also, because uh, bar was very close to a win, I want to say, and then got. I want to say he got crotch lifted. You know, bar does that thing where he shoots in and kind of hangs on. Um, he's really good underneath there, and I want to say he got crotch lifted for Thompson to win. It was yeah, and that was really dramatic too because Braden <clears throat> didn't wrestle in the uh, in the open, the U twenty open. Because so, which you know a lot of people thought, all right, this is maybe his chance to like punch his ticket to that best of three. But he skipped that to wrestle the senior open, so he he like he had to run through the mini tournament, and then he went on and won the best of three. And he had those those crazy matches with Welsh and Barr just to make it to the two of three. Yep. But um, he did get it done. So 
mm-hmm. see. People have been close, but nobody's been able to beat him for like, you know, yep. almost a year and a half. I mean, he's definitely in the streets yes. frequently. Yes, his his schedule is really tough. Okay, yeah. so that was uh, some of the Iron Man stuff. That was definitely notable. Um, man, it's it's like we had a who's number one rematch with Davino and. McGowan, McGowan. so many highlights. One twenty six was kind of crazy because you had uh, uh, Mason Gibson was in there, or someone else who Mason Gibson was in there. Dylan Campbell, Max Gallagher, Dragon Arene. I mean, that was a really good bracket. Yeah, yeah. McGowan beats beats Gibson in a yeah. really close semifinal, and you then... knew that was going to be a no takedown, mm-hmm. like crazy, crazy match. And then mm-hmm. Davino Davino beat McGowan in the finals. So, um, yeah, that was great weight. But all of them, I mean, so many of the weights are incredible. And when you assess these guys and you think, all right, because we're always, when I watch high school wrestling, I'm th- I'm basically only thinking about how does this look at the next level? Because um, mm-hmm. I, I love college wrestling even more. When, when you see guys like McGowan, Gibson, on the one hand, in, in, in their competitive matches, they're, they're always in the margins, super, super close matches, not a lot of takedowns. But on the other hand, it's like, man, these are all, it's almost always against high level, high level competition. So, how do you juxtapose those two in, in your evaluation for them for the future? For me? Yeah, just like, Personally? I don't know. Because sometimes it's like, I mean, a high school kid, you should be winning. If you're gonna yeah. be really good at the next level, you should be scoring a lot of points, et cetera, et cetera. But then there's the other side of the coin where it's like, man, not a lot of people are gonna score a takedown on Gibson or McGowan. Still winning. And they're winning yeah, matches. I mean, I would say, you know, I would say a lot of these guys are, um, they're already good enough to compete at the college level. Um, so they're going to go and they're going to have, uh, you know, and some of them, honestly, some of them already are, right? Going to wrestling college opens and having a ton of success. Um, yeah, I would say I, I haven't, like, I don't t- totally watch a ton of, high school wrestling for scouting purposes, unless it's like, Hey, my guy's going to wrestle this guy. So I'm going to go watch the matches mm-hmm. to see what our best plan of attack is. Um, so I mean, if I was, and I know I've talked to a few other college coaches about this, but I want to see, you know, can they go get a takedown when they're losing? And I want to see a guy who's not for me. This is me, right. Who's not complacent with winning close matches a lot. I really don't like that. Cause I think that that method doesn't work a ton at the college level. And obviously you could point to some, counter examples pretty easily but i don't love it gotcha pj duke won um kind of got weird at the end there uh bray what were your thoughts on that final look like i mean he was dominant he was yeah awesome he did look really good but yeah i don't know i i kind of expected him to pull away a little bit more than he did but uh it's a thing hinkle is really good and and you know, I was I was looking back at Hinkle's results because he came in number nine in the country. But um, so it's like, ah, oh, is he? He look, you know, he beats Lockett in that weird one, but then looked good against Duke. And this guy is good. I mean, he like most of his losses in the last year are to guys that are like either now in college or Myers Shapiro. And and so um, I, I don't know. I just think Hinkle, if you if you keep the door open, he's going to try to come back. And um, yeah. so I don't know. Bull Bassett but won. the score makes it feel a lot closer than it was because that match wasn't really all that close. Right, right. Yeah, it kind of got spooky at the end a little bit, as mm-hmm. uh, as Nick Soriano would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. L- little, little weird. He's it looked like he was a little tired and yeah. giving up some points. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think partly 
even in the post-match interview, PJ Duke talked about like what a big deal it was for him to win this tournament. Last year in the finals, he got injured and then he was out for like months after yeah. that. Uh, and so I don't know if there was any weirdness in his head going into the match or not sure, but um, he got it done. And then uh, Bo Bassett finally gets that Ironman title. Took finally. Him, <laughs> took, him, took him till his freshman year to get it, but he got it done. Yeah. Uh, he looked, <laughs> I actually thought Bear Jordan looked kind of sassy in the in the beginning. He wrestled kind of sassy. Bo really well, and then it, it sort of unraveled. But um, I, th- I thought Bear had some nice moments in that match, actually. I thought it was going to be much more dominant performance for Bo. I mean, he, he majored, but early on, I thought Barrick looked good. Yeah, and Barrick looked good throughout the tournament leading up to that, too. He he, he was solid, but... Um, he beat someone good in the semi. Um, he beat... As did everyone, because yeah. this tournament was insane. But. Yeah, everybody did. Uh, let's see, Barrick in the semi. Was it Nate Desmond? Yes, yeah, yes. Nate Desmond. And that was, that was a rematch of the finals from last year. Yep. Um, hey, at 132, Kale Hughes is going to take over number one. He beat Sergio Limley Man. in the finals. But the craziest match at that weight was the semi. Sergio Limley's semi was Zan Fugit. Did you guys see that? Yes, last, last second. And I got the Instagram. We had the clip on Instagram, and he gets that with one second left off a whistle restart with six seconds left. And he's like, pump up. Yeah, we can, it'll, it'll roll again. But this is so – the way that he hooks – that he snags this ankle on the left side oh, there. Oh, my gosh. He just lifts his right foot up. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. So clutch. Too small on my screen. So clutch. Um, man, that I there was no way. Six seconds left. Fresh start. There's just no way, and he and he finds oh, a way. Yeah, that was smooth. I like it. There's no way that is a pin. Yeah, that was a nice. Uh, yeah, Limley's a beast. Wait, they called a pin? No, no. <laughs> that's, that's a, the famous Kid Rock call. It's Jack Spates <laughs> reference. Oh, I just I don't I haven't seen that a lot where. Where a guy's no, up here like, on, the, on the waist and then co- goes down, hooks that ankle on the left side. That was like so it. nice. Yeah, I wonder if that's something he does or just like instinctual type of thing. Because you don't see moment. it. Yeah, you normally see. I mean, I, I was like, oh, there's no way. Because I thought he was going to have, you know, try to t- get the mat return. He didn't have time for it, and he just dropped yeah. down, paid off. So that was that match was awesome. For sure, it is. Okay, it's nine forty-four. Um, do, let's do one question because we started a little late. Oh, what? Um, all right, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find the perfect question. Is Seth Gross the hardest wrestler to prepare for? Seems like he does things that are way different than anyone else in the world. He had, he had a great World Cup, by the way. Yes. Um, uh, I think that's reasonable. He has a very unique style. His body moves in very unique ways. Uh, it would be very hard to replicate him. Yes. I, I would say, I mean... In terms of it's, I mean, Sajalive is the toughest guy to prepare for because you literally well, because you can't beat him. But I mean, how, what what is the game? I mean, okay, if you're gonna big. Well, so me. I mean, I guess. Well, uh, can I push back on you, Christian? Push. I would say like no one beats everyone. Everyone, everyone loses Sajalive. Whereas Seth Gross has, he's lost to a decent amount of people. So if you're someone scouting him, you say, okay, well, he's lost these matches. Here's the way to beat him, you know? But then for certain people, um, you know, they go and try to do that, and they it's a disaster, right? He kills them. Yeah. So I think, um, I think I guess I'm measuring it against their skill level, right? Sad July just doesn't lose, you know, whereas Gross loses, uh, I don't say a decent amount, but at the world level, like, he loses. Yeah. And, yeah. But he's still super awkward to try to prepare for. Yeah. So gross, 
greater than sign Sagalayev, according to Ben Askren. Shut up. Let's get that on a heavyweight nation should post this uh, as, a, as a, you're, you're on, on the gram. Okay. No, I know what you mean exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's weird because in matches that Seth loses or even just gives up points, he he can get destroyed with leg attacks, but that is also how he will destroy you. So it's yes. very it's sort of it's sort of tough to, to say how you do it. Hey, we're sorry to get to more questions. We should be able to do more Wednesday. on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um There's the music. We Tyler we got played out like uh Sinatra at the Grammys last week. <laughs> it was humiliating. It was a rock bottom moment for me. And I'm glad it happened on our own time when we wanted it. On our we're going out on our own terms. Like Jordan Burroughs will in 2024. Like Ben Askren did. His own terms. What's that? Is that a prediction? What? That Burroughs is going to retire? Oh, no. Yeah. He, he misheard me. It's okay. No one's even listening at this point. That's the beauty of the music. Well, if it was on his own terms, it would be after Paris. Well, that would be his terms. <laughs> that's his, that's the terms of his you retirement. You know he has to make. I know what he has to make. like an old yeah, married okay. couple. I know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Great weekend of wrestling. We'll see you Wednesday. Thank you. Goodbye. Peace.